0: meet you
1: too uh there what is going on everybody welcome to the thursday night ep- edition, ep- edition, episode 26 of the jackson kayak doc talk thanks for hanging out with us up everybody welcome back we have got ourselves a new panel esteemed panel of jackson kayak fishing colleagues and we are ready to talk fishing with you guys tonight um drop your questions in the comments just keep them coming these guys they love your questions they want to answer every single one of them no matter how weird it gets (laughs) keep it pg-13 Please, thank you. Um, Before we get this thing kicked off, we'll take care of a little bit of business tonight. Obviously, thank you to Jackson Kayak Orion Coolers for giving us the opportunity to be here. If you guys are in the market for a brand-new, fresh, clean kayak or something to keep you frosty on these overheated days, head over to jacksonkayak.com to pick yourself out a kayak, pick yourself up an Orion cooler, and at checkout, use Orion Rocks to save 5% on a brand new cooler for yourself. You've earned it. It's hot outside. You need to stay cool. Um basco fishing. Thanks to them guys for uh for the nice and proper swag. We love you, Chris and crew over there at Basco. Uh Casking keeping us uh keeping us real and keeping us good. Uh we appreciate the heck out of Casking and everything they've done for us here on the 2023 season of the Orion podcast, along with Z-Pro Lithium Batteries, keeping us powered all year And sucks when your battery dies. Nobody wants a dead battery. So make sure that you have the battery that's right for your setup, and make sure you charge it. So if you need a new battery, ZProLithium.com. Check them out if you got questions. PM them over. They'll answer them the best you can to make sure that you guys have got the right battery for you. That's it. That's all I got. Fuck you guys tomorrow night I'm going to drop <laughs> off here And uh, you guys just have the show
0: <laughs> No, no Oh, so We not.
1: need the host Yeah, we need a host nah, I don't know about that We're going to so. start with Travis Travis, um, tell everybody A little bit about you Where you're from and what Jackson Kayak You are fishing in in
2: 2023 I am uh, Originally from upstate New York uh, I I grew- Um, before Gobi's existed up there um, and right in our backyard uh, growing up I had a feeder to the Susquehanna uh, the north branch of the Susquehanna right around Bigampton, New York that went right through our property and I was hooked on moving water the rest of my life and that's I got about uh, I probably hate to say this but I'm about 46 years into fishing moving water and and, uh i'm trying to keep a little bit of youth about me but it's catching up to me a little bit on those uh you know those long days now but um i I fished all over uh you know growing up uh upstate new york uh canadian border Quetico, and then the marine corps took me all over the place and uh Probably about 16 years ago, my wife and I moved to the uh, Panhandle of West Virginia so I could uh, be right in that trifecta of river smallmouth, which I love doing. So um, we we live right on the water here of a a really good smallmouth river in the middle of nowhere of West Virginia.
1: Very cool. That you well traveled man. And the fellow river, A river basset man at that. I like that. Uh, Adam, go ahead and reintroduce yourself to the folks at home.
0: Yeah, my name is uh, Adam Pross. I'm on the uh, Team Jackson, the Canadian side. Uh, I reside in uh, Cornwall, Ontario, which is uh, actually really close to uh, upstate New York. Uh, if you know Messina, uh, I am about, I don't know, 20 minute drive from there uh, on the Canadian side. Um, when it comes to uh, kayak fishing, yeah, St. Lawrence River is uh, where I spend uh, quite a bit of my time on the Ontario-Quebec side. Uh, I do fish uh, all over Ontario, and I do uh, go into Quebec, uh, upstate New York. Uh, I, when it comes to paddling, uh, yeah, I, I still paddle my uh, Jackson Liska. It's, uh, it's my uh, river boat. Uh, but, uh, this year, uh, I was able to get a bite FD, uh, in the playa color. Uh, it's a phenomenal vessel. Uh, it's actually, I would think the perfect vessel for anybody who's, uh, an adventurous paddler like myself, where you have uh, very unique, uh, access points and whatnot. Um, so yeah, no, um, I'm involved, uh, with, uh, the kayak fishing life as a volunteer coordinator with that. And, uh, yeah, when I'm not uh, fishing, uh, I'm a full-time welder. So, yeah, <laughs> keeping it uh, keeping it real uh, up busy. here in Canada. So,
1: guys, tonight's topic. You ready for this one? You ready for tonight's topic? <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> Time management. Time,
0: Time management. management.
1: And I feel like this is a great one because we have two river anglers on the show. Guys, that uh, guys that are no stranger to floating, probably long distances. Um, but this time of year, the daylight's are fading, boys, and and it's uh, it's not good. It, matter of fact, it kind of sucks. Um, thankfully, we're all on the East Coast time, which is nice. But um, yeah. how do you guys go about planning um, a kayak trip, knowing you're How do you go about planning? and getting the logistics for a good river float, um, in a kayak, making sure that you're going to be at point X by certain time and managing that throughout the day. Cause sometimes, man, fishing might be good and you may, uh, maybe paddling a little bit in the dark.
2: Great question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a really good one.
2: (laughs) that That really is a great question. Um, uh quite honestly i i I fish a lot of history uh you know this time of year and going into the fall period when you know the deer start getting on the rut and everything i know where i need to be uh fishing Mm -hmm. off of history um now winter time is my jam uh mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm looking forward to getting these leaves off the trees and I, I'd rather be fishing in uh snow flurries than than uh you know quite honestly over the next couple months uh when they, they set up in the deep uh wintering holes where where they're gonna spend that winter right until you know 55 60 degrees next spring um mm-hmm. I, I'd rather be fishing in snow and sleet you know come December and january than and, uh contended with leaves and everything on the water and um <laughs> and, and um i don't know so much as uh you know the river transition into the fall is so much of a, a reposition um the waters that i fish they don't necessarily travel miles and miles mm-hmm. um unlike upstate new york where i i, I know for a fact that You know, that's a different deal up there, a different forage base and what I deal with. Um, I I, long story short, I fish history. Uh, I I hit the same spot in October, November that I fished probably 15, 16 years ago that I learned um, where they're going to be setting up and probably pretty close to where they're going to winter. Um, right. a, a lot of the, a lot of the waters that I fish, uh, it, it's very, very hard to get into. Uh, I kind of missed your first question about what I run. Uh, that's both the, the take two and the Cusacks is what I run. It covers everything I do. Uh, um, and depending on the river that I'm on, it will dictate which, which boat I take. Um. If I've got three hours, I know where I need to be, and it's gonna be close to where they're gonna winter in November, December. Mm-hmm. Long story short. And it's also where the bay fish are consolidated. All I fish Very is good. river smallmouth. So
1: it's <laughs> a good topic. I'm fresh off a good some good river smallmouth. And how about you, Adam? How do you so, manage time in the kayak?
0: Time management, I really think starts at home. Uh, That starts with preparation, really understanding your body water that you're about to hit, understanding your weather patterns that are coming up for the next couple of days, where your cooling trends are happening. Um, Yeah, no, it's not really like cooling down too, too much at night, but you are going to get those times where it does really snap off, right? So you need to really focus into, you know, the weather. Uh, It's such a strong point, uh, I find, when I'm out there fishing. Uh, time management, you know, preparation is huge. Uh, I don't really want to go out there and waste a lot of time. Uh, so uh, Google Maps is going to be uh, one thing that I'm going to really start to watch, um, going to really look at. And I'm going to kind of look for changes too. Uh, I drive by the river every day going to work, so um, it's really cool when you can kind of look at it and you can see where things are starting to, um, where they're going to begin to lower too uh, the water, uh, cause it's really controlled by, uh, Lake Ontario. Um, now, so when I do get out there and, uh, I'm, I, I really stick to the things I know, um, when it comes to, you know, trying new techniques, uh, I save that for other times, but when I'm in that time management time, I stick to what I know. I keep the presentations pretty simple. Uh, you know, I keep to the surface, I keep to, you know, your sub and then I keep to a bottom, uh, and then from that point on electronics, uh, if you want to yeah. be time management, electronics is where you need to be because, uh, I know it's, it's kind of silly to say like, you know, I've spent a lot of time fishing without electronics, but when it comes to time management, I feel that electronics is kind of going to give you uh, great starting points. And if you're able to save those waypoints within your uh, electronics, that's going to give you another starting point too. You know, it's not always necessarily, um, you know using it for depth and whatnot but it's to understand water temperature and also to understand where your points are because you know when you like you said time management is uh it's kind of you're out there you're going to play a game really and that game is focused on how well you're going to do and uh that Mm -hmm. also includes all that homework and whatnot you're going to put in just kind of like you said talking about like travis saying fishing a lot of history you know um to me like you you know you've been going there for so many years you've kind of begun to understand how the water changes throughout now i don't necessarily fish all the way into uh uh december and january because by that time usually the river is pretty cold and uh i'm i am not uh <laughs> i'm not into uh, that uh i you know what i might be later but you know that takes a lot of preparation and uh, so yeah, no, I would definitely say time management is a great, uh, it's a great topic, but uh, yeah, no, when it comes to it, it's definitely really understanding that body of water you, and that you're going to be hitting that day. You know, like the preparation needs to start. You know, it's not really just go home. Okay, I'm going to go here, grab this, that, and whatnot. It's you know, you got to kind of put in the work because you really like you want to go out there. Your time management, you want to catch. You know, here. It's fun to go out and paddle around, but when you're limited for time, you know you really want to be able to set the hook. And there's nothing more fun than a fighting a river smallmouth. You know, just having them come in just so angry and just whacking whatever you know you're throwing at them that day. So, yeah, no time management to me. Uh, it starts uh, before you uh, before you get on the water, and like uh, Travis is saying, like that. You know, when you've been doing it for that long, you know you you have. So much more insight to it and you know you, you you know an experience is a learning experience whether you you know succeeded or you, in some ways you think you failed but you know when you're you know getting skunked and whatnot you're still in my opinion you're learning something you know new every day when you're out there so yeah i think that's really i think it's really neat to have a perspective you know with somebody who's been that long on the water that's really cool
1: just just Sunday alone. I mean, we took off. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, which was dumb. It was hot, um, but we paddled straight up two miles before we ever threw a line in the water. I mean, it was just like, okay, this is where we're going. Buckle down. Do not stop till you get there. And we did, and we got to where we want to go. And from there on, we knew, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to at six o'clock we're shutting it down and we're going to do nothing but paddle straight back out of here without fishing. And, you know, that's, that's exactly how we managed our time in that moment. It's like, we know we have enough time to get to here. This is where we want to start. So you just kind of pick that starting point, get to there, then start fishing, burn up that amount of time. But the second that you know that you have to leave to get back before, you know, and the only thing to The best way to do that, just like what you both said, is experience, knowing your river, getting a float in, getting some practice in, developing that time management system. So, you know, it takes me this long to get to here. And if I make it out to here, it takes me this long to get back. So, you know, I think that's and knowing your knowing your times. I mean, just flat out knowing when it gets dark, knowing when the sun comes up knowing all that kind of stuff is is definitely important, especially if you're going to be out on moving water, because number one, people need to know where you're at. So Chris Funk and I actually talked about this the other day. Drop pins. If you have a loved one at home and you know you're going to be on the river, get on Google Earth, save where you're at, text it to your loved one so they know where you are at all times just as important as wearing a life jacket in case something would be to go wrong and people needed to come looking for you so drop it yeah. into your loved one.
0: Oh, that's my, I, that's my big yeah, advice can't agree i do that uh i do that all the time i spend a lot of time uh car camping mm-hmm. um so i'll drive you know hours to get to uh, a lake or a river and when I get there, first of all, my wife knows exactly where I'm going, what my route is, and uh, from there, when I get there, I let her know. And what I do is I drop a pin, I take a screenshot, it's sent to her. She'll also know the people that I'm going to be going with in the event something happens. If I'm just by myself, then she knows that. Like if I wake up in the morning, and you know she hasn't heard from me, that you know there's generally okay. Well, I'm gonna definitely check in with him. My launch time. And then from there, my plan to return, Um, you know, that's, those are such important things uh, on the water, Uh, not just for your safety, uh, but for the people that you're with, Uh, you'd be like, it's not surprising to hear when people, you know, tend to run into issues on the water and, you know, they've come back and they're paddled and, or they've, they're, become extremely fatigued over the time that they spent on the water. And, you know, you got to factor in the parts too, that, are you going to be able to, you know, offload your stuff, you know, get yourself back up to your vehicle, you know, is there anybody else that's going to be there with you? Um, yeah, it's, uh, those are a lot of things you got to consider and, uh, dropping a pin. Um, it's huge. Like in the event, something happens like that gives, People, when you know minutes to the hours come down to people coming out to find you, uh, that gives them a starting point. And you know when you get uh, search and rescue involved, it's it's play by play, and like they they're gonna need to know that pin. And that pin gives them like he launched from here. And if the river's flowing that way that day, well, they're gonna figure out that there's a good chance that he's gone with the current that way they'll have a better chance of locating you. You might be held up on some rock or, you know, you might have run into some issues. God forbid that never happens. But having a plan uh, is, it, it's, it it'll, could really change it for you. You know what I mean? Like, just like wearing a PFD uh, on the water, uh, you know, you just really increased your chances of survival compared to somebody who's not. And um, even in my life jacket, uh, there's a laminated um, piece of paper that has my name. If I don't have my wallet on me, it has my name, my phone number. It says on it that I don't have any medical history or whatnot. It gives you a number of who to call, uh, in the event because you never know, you know, like things happen. And if you're found unconscious on the water, uh, that gives somebody a real good starting point. Uh, cause one of the biggest things in first aid is you know uh, when you get in there is to really uh, first assess the situation and then you know uh, you're going to be dealing with that individual and you know if you can find any information on them or about them right there whether it's a cell phone because uh, sadly these days cell phones people usually have a pin on it so uh, you're not always able to just go on to that but having you know a wallet with some photo identification whatnot or you know, like I said, I keep that on me. It's been in my life jacket probably uh, three years now, and it's got the same information that uh, if something were ever happened, that you know it it's there for whoever to find. his, you know, hopefully we will be able to make safe changing moment. Uh, you know, which could really change your time, right? So, oh yeah. Okay, we got one in from the audience. Travis,
1: can you talk about anchors? What do you use to stay in place and how do you how do you manage to stay in place?
2: Well, uh, kind of piggyback on uh, everything that was said during the cold water period. uh, You know, quite honestly, I think one of the best things that can do um, that are looking to get into that winter fishing is to actually scout and really know your water intimately. In the summer, and I it, and I mean know it. Uh, it, it. If you got a boulder that hasn't moved in about fifteen years, know what your <laughs> yeah. river's doing. And, yeah. and and every day when I leave for work, uh, I, I, I've got one boulder that hasn't moved in sixteen years, and I, I look at that thing, and whether that water is going over the top of it, or around it, under it, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you if I'm setting out in, uh, you know, December with a daytime high of 50 and that water tends 34 and I'm going after river, small mile, three miles up river or down river, or wherever, and I might only get about 90 minutes to fish them before I got to get out before dark. Uh, I want to know what that, what that water's doing and, uh um which ties in beautifully with uh uh mr yeah don weiss he's a friend of mine in uh out there in chicago um cool uh anchor system very very easy um i i never anchor off the stern of the boat solely i I will not do that um probably back in 1996 I lost a friend of mine on the Susquehanna that was doing that. Um, and I will never do that. Uh, I, I'm strictly off the bow of the boat. If I want to reduce swing, I'll go off the stern as well. But uh, for me, it's an anchor mate. You uh, know, I mean, plain and simple. I, I just go right off the bow of the anchor mate. and. and uh, winter fishing, cold weather fishing, it, you got to be stationary. Uh, I, 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 I can't even stress that enough. If you are moving, you're going to catch less fish than if you are completely stationary. And I'm talking like sub 45 degree water.
0: Yeah, um, I can imagine
2: that. You, be, you better be real stationary. Uh, with no swing. Um I I I went into this uh for years uh when Net, my friend Ned Katie and I were uh writing on the Ian Fisherman and stuff and I would I would uh you know talk about my winter exploits and everything and and I'm not moving my bait's not moving and I, I can't stress that enough. Um and, and safe anchoring um now power poles uh power poles uh are absolutely and i hate to say this because it's a great product and i use one for quite a while um they're pretty much useless where i fish quite honestly because of the spook factor i'm an anchor guy um and uh you know uh Back in the day, you know, we would wrap the duct tape around the chains and do all that jazz off the off the original coosas, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, things have come a long ways with the anchoring systems and, and thank goodness. You know, we're no longer uh kinda of doing that witch's brew with the anchoring system We'd in our garage trying to come up with something and um they're, they're the just, just so much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, we've got another question here from Mr. McWhorter. Um, how does time management play into tournament practice, finding fish, then finding bigger fish? And Adam, I'm going to let you lead the way on that one. <laughs>
0: Uh tournament fishing. I'll be honest with you. I haven't done that in a couple of years. Uh I uh I do online, but uh tournament fishing uh we used to have a really cool tra- trail out here and uh unfortunately it uh it it took no longer uh to having any more events, but uh yeah, time management uh when it goes to tournament fishing is uh you know, that go bad. I I I really approach it the same way to be honest with you. I really do the homework. You know, I do the homework. uh, I get out there and I stick to my plan. So whether it's, um, you know, going to be, I'm just going to use a random, you know, whether it's drop shotting, you know, or, you know, going deep to drop shot or, you know, staying uh, somewhat shallow and, you know, working that. uh, No, I stick to the plan. And when I have a plan, I stick with it. And now, that doesn't always work out. Um, I think that's where the real, uh, real tournament anglers, in my opinion, really excel because they just can seem to figure that one out. And um, but yeah, no. When I have the plan and it starts working, I stick with it. And uh, when it comes to finding fish uh, in a tournament practice or pre-fish. Um, yeah, I I I also got to think that I don't really want to stick to many of them, so I use a more of a surveillance uh, approach of to what I'm seeing, and then I will head back if I feel like that those spots are decent. And uh, yeah, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I think uh, Lance, you probably have a more <laughs> prestigious uh tournament uh fishing practice than uh, myself but uh yeah no what about practice yeah i'm, I'm not sure is it called pre-fishing practice. practice i didn't think lance practice. even needed practice i thought he, he was just like one of those guys like just like, like cooking up he's something nice and then he's just casting a rod with the other hand and selling kayaks yeah. you know
1: he shows up the day of to compete just the mornings of he's a legend Texas legend. East Texas legend. Um, so when we're talking about transition, uh, Travis, you kind of started to allude to this just a little bit um, in the first part. These fish right now are starting to make some moves. They're, they're feeding up. Um, my local area, they're starting to, because the creek gets shallower as it goes up and, you know, down here where it meets the river, it is a lot deeper so these fish are coming back from those shallow areas where the water has potential to freeze and they're getting in some of these deeper pockets these wintering holes like you said how do you go about pinpointing those times of movement like travis obviously you've been doing this for a long time do you kind of have, you know, certain signs that you look for to say, okay, the move has begun?
2: Well, right now, we've got diminished daylight. I, I think we're all uh, kind of experiencing right now, no matter where you're at, that um, when I leave for work in the morning right now, i got to have my headlights on. Um, And I'm dodging deer on the way to work, you know, out of the woods here where I live. (laughs) And, uh, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I could see them plain as day. They're looking at me, you know, I'm looking at them and I don't have my headlights on and not not a problem, you know, whatsoever. We're starting to transition. Uh, For me, it's photo period when we start getting that diminished light, um, not only are the smallmouth doing something different from that, that summer period where, you know, everybody and their brothers out there throwing a whopper whopper, uh, they're, they're starting to transition and uh cold water period kind of separates some people that have been around a little bit compared to those that fish fair weather, and you mentioned they're dropping back. Um, they're also they're not going to winter where there's not food. So it, it's protection uh, from mother nature. And you better have some immovable objects in the water. Haven't moved in years, and I'm not necessarily talking about logs or you know things that can mother nature can sweep away in high water periods. But small moss will not winter where there's danger that they could be having to move midwinter that they won't winter in a place, uh, two years in a row where they were pretty much you know swept out of an area um my wintering areas are ledges um it it might be the deepest water within two miles five miles even 10 miles either way up or down river they'll winter there and those led those granite ledges they ain't moving and i also i i don't fish in those colder water periods, I don't fish where there's an upsurge in CFS on that outer bend. If you got if you got a river that's doing that right there, I don't care what depth it is, but I don't I'm not fishing that in the winter because you're gonna have an upsurge in CFS around those corners and everything i don't want that much current in the winter i would rather fish those long straightaways where you're looking straight up down up and down river where you got depth that doesn't exist maybe you know a mile up river mile down river but you're looking straight up those straightaways and you got ledge holes and that That's where you want to be. And like I said, uh, some of the stuff that can really help anglers is scouting that in the summer. Uh, Get you some really good, you know, polarized glasses and, you know, get out, get on the weak side of a river and wade it and get intimate with it. Um, I, I do so much walking in the summertime to find my winter stuff, even new winter stuff. Um, I, I can't stress that enough where I, I know some really good smallmouth sticks that have been at this for a lot of years and they struggle in the cold water period. Um, it, it, it's tough. I mean, it really is. It, it, it's an art form to be able to take numerous, like big smallies out of sub 40 degree water.
0: That's crazy. Um, Just crazy.
2: I, uh, wow. and I I absolutely love it. I mean, I really do. Um, I've got a buddy of mine that's coming up here uh, from Maryland. He's, he might be watching tonight. Um, and I, I've been teaching him ever since Ned Cady and I were writing articles together and everything. And he's getting better and better at it. And he's really getting on it. And um, I'd like to teach a lot more than do, uh, you know. Uh, man, you, you're teaching
0: cool. me tonight, man. Wow, like, honestly, dude, uh, this is really cool.
2: I uh, well, I've still got land up near you, not not too far from you. I still own land up there. Um, oh,
0: right on, man.
2: My mom. Travis, that's cool. Um, uh, the Messina area, Canton, Grass River.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, oh, If you are ever yeah. up
0: this way, man, let me know. Well, uh, I'd definitely come out and, you know, le- like to learn a few few little tricks yeah, from he, you. He's ready to get taught. Yeah.
2: Um, no. So but when
0: Mr. you're out Boxer. there and you're look,
1: talking cold yep. water techniques, um, Travis, what what are you using? Hair jigs, um, live bait. What are you? What do you typically throw this in, in the winter months to uh, to pinpoint your smallmouth?
2: Oh man, the juice,
1: and <laughs> <That's
0: a juice. laughs> the juice, real sauce, eh? Yeah, um, you can't give oh, away man. all the secrets right now. No colors, <laughs> <laughs> no sizes, uh, no line, no nothing. Just you know, is it a hard I, bait? Is have trouble hooks on it?
2: <laughs> I, um, there's pretty much you know, for those wintering smallmouths, and we're going to be there really quick, um, the fall the fall doesn't really last that long until like at least in my area where they're solely going to be focused on the wintering, you know, stuff. So um, in regards to the wintering smallmouth, again, anchor system is huge. If your kayak is moving, you're wrong. You better be anchored up and you had better have confidence in the area you're fishing or you're wasting time which gets back to our first question about management yeah. you know with the time um was i vague enough in that as to what i throw <laughs>
0: it's funny though that you when you talk about like how you look at the river uh when i drive to work I, you know, Monday, Monday to Thursday and Fridays too, you know, when you're driving to work and I'm going along the river and that's 12 months a year and I'm watching this river change or watch when the river comes down and watch when the river's high. But when the river comes down, I start taking mental notes. I actually start taking pictures too. And I start to really look to see what's come out there because, you know, it's, it always seems to be fluctuating. Um, and, yeah, and I've heard a lot of people, like, uh, talk about this, like, really paying attention to your your fisheries. And when it comes to, you know, understanding, like, what else is out there, you know? Um, and I I want to say, uh, was it Chad Hoover? I forget who it was, but they had spoke, too, about that. And he said, you know, like, he, he's like, I'll go, you know in in the winter time i'll spend a lot of time just going out there trying almost scouting spending most of the winter months scouting and then coming back in the summer and then just smashing fish left right and center because he understands what's going on in that body of water and like it's it's so neat what you can see when the water goes down like and it's i'm sure a lot of people you know other anglers probably do the same but to me it's just like okay get my phone out snap this you know like you know oh i this is roughly where it is on google maps you know i understand you know why this is happening here even just like like ripples you know like in the water your current changes and stuff like that you know um yeah no that's pretty neat like uh you're really a wealth of knowledge there travis seriously this is uh this is a really interesting episode
2: well, I, yeah, I appreciate that. If if um, if I no longer enjoyed it or even had a modicum of success doing it, I probably would have taken bowling up many many years ago. But I I uh, I I still love it. Um, and and I touched on it earlier, but I really love to teach others to contact me and get them on fish. Um, and I, I'm, uh, I'll get back to the original question about what I throw it, without being too evasive. Um, river smallmouth in, in those months are either gonna do one of two things. You're gonna have river smallmouth that fish down, um, that eat off the bottom with a dead stick presentation, or mm-hmm. you're gonna have some, like on those three day warming trends, where they will rise to a bait that maybe you know mid or uh, lower mid that's suspended above their head. It's going to be one or the other, and <laughs> um, I don't I don't mess around in the winter as far there's no experimentation going on um, it, it whatsoever. It, it's either I'm dead sticking a bait for I might dead stick a bait for five minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's functional. that's such a patience, and it's a, 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 a art to a sit there, to you know, sit there and really listen to yourself.
2: Yeah, and you, you know you're pretty much uh, sitting there with sleet or snow coming down, and you you know you're hearing your own heartbeat, and it, you know, and heck, you get a strike, and it feels like a wet leaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's basically what that sub 40 degree bite is. And, uh, um, those are your two winter modes. It's either dead sticking or right above their head and you better be doing it slow and you better have confidence in where you're at. Um, I'll kind of fall back on something that was asked of me by, uh, Travis Manson on the smallmouth crush, uh when we were talking about scents when I was down there. Um, I, I'm a really big believer in what Rick Horn said years ago that if you want to know more, you know, about the owl, study the mouse. And if, if an angler wants to get really good at the smallmouth game, know what they're eating. And it does change. It, it, it absolutely changes throughout the year i guarantee it um you know when you catch them look down their throat and when they're coming in seeing what's flying out of their mouth and everything i can't stress that enough um so mr brock to get back to your original question about that movement it's not just the small mouth that are doing it but also what they eat are doing it
1: right yeah
2: um, you know, my, my fish, uh, in the three, basically the three rivers that I fish, um, they started getting on big bait fish. Um, contrary to popular belief, some of the biggest baits that I fish are in the cold water period. And I might only be fishing for one bite, but it's going to be, you know, a 20 or up. And, um, hmm they get on those big chubs and uh, you know big shiners and stuff that are consolidated in those winter holes you mm. want to be there i mean it's fun but a lot of homework you know
0: yeah yeah that the whole winter fishing uh you know i i really wish i could get a tr- chance at it to go out there sometime and uh do it like where i am it's uh <laughs> You don't yeah. really see too many guys like probably where you are and even where chad is you know like uh up here we're uh you got you got more guys have moved on to ice fishing uh and mm-hmm. you know um, maybe further into march uh especially when we have like a, this early season with the smallmouth in the st lawrence river Wolf we'll zone 20. Um, you know, you can kind of get a little glimpse of, uh, getting out there er- very early, uh, yeah. uh, you know, March and April. Uh, and you know, I don't really think that's probably really winter fishing, but, uh, no, it's pretty neat, especially a lot of the smallmouth guys that you see out there who are uh, really hardcore about it and get out there, um, in the wintertime, like that is, that's <laughs> That's that looks like can be some really cold days, and like I, I've been duck hunting in in the winter time, and you know I couldn't imagine just uh, sitting there in a in a <laughs> kayak fishing. Uh, wow, okay, like you know,
1: yeah, and, and that's that's also something else to get into. I mean, the winter winter on the water, fall on the water when the seasons really start to change and the wind starts to howl like a demon out of the north the wind off the water is cold. It is something different um than standing on the standing on the shoreline and and getting hit with the same wind. When you feel that wind off the water it it's to debom most of the time it is cold. Um what do you do to prepare yourself for those elements?
0: To be well uh the right clothing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk base Absolutely. layers, uh, you know, uh, base layers, merino wool. Uh, I use icebreaker. Um, it's probably, it is it is expensive uh, for a base layer, but it is fantastic. You do not sweat. Uh, it's a moisture wicking, you know, it's breathable. Um, and uh, just before you do all this is always have extra clothes because once you do get wet and you're cold you are not gonna get warm until you get that wet clothing off and if you don't have wet clothes uh a paddle uh or a pedal whatever but even motoring uh you will find out it is cold and your body functions just don't work the same when you're cold and when you have to get that boat off the water and you know uh that that is one thing that can really change uh, change it out there for you. But uh, no, uh, generally in uh, cold water, uh, base layers are huge with me. Um, and then uh, from there, I do have uh, my bibs. Uh, I will also use uh, waders uh, at times too. Uh, they're not always the best idea. But um, I also, this past year, purchased a pair of the NRS boundary boots and, uh, those have been uh, absolutely phenomenal in uh, colder weather, but, uh, they also make uh, fantastic, uh, uh, survival, uh, suits, uh, that look like they're pretty neat. I've seen quite a few videos about that, but no, within, uh, the good base layer, uh, extra clothing, uh, thick socks, uh, and, um, don't forget pack warm drinks, you know, um, something as simple as uh, just boiled warm water is going to actually warm your core. Um, I also uh, pack uh, light gloves and then I'll also pack heavier gloves uh, because uh, wind <laughs> in my fingers is like the first thing to go cold. And once my fingers go cold, it's like my fingers begin to go white and then it's just like not a very fun feeling. And if you could imagine paddling that does make for a very uh, uncomfortable feeling so yeah gloves uh windbreakers uh i wear a gore-tex uh jacket also wind resistant uh but no i layer up so i can layer down if i need to because i don't want to sit there and sweat because they're going to defeat the purpose uh once you begin to sweat you will begin to get cold so i like to be able to change my layers out uh some of my favorite uh brands uh, that i like to use are like arterics patagonia uh, stuff like that but um yeah no being able to layer down is uh, a really good thing because it you do start like in the fall you can start with really cold mornings but then by lunchtime it's like whew, oh man it's like almost like long sleeve shirt maybe even t-shirt weather but then throughout the day as it changes and then you're heading back and you're like oh, okay wow now we're uh, we're getting into those fall evenings again where you know it's nothing but hoodies and campfires and uh you're, you you want to bundle back up, so being able to do that on the water is, uh, is is good. You know, it's it's nice to be able to layer down and at the same time bundle back up when you need to. So yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's good advice. Very good advice. Anybody do yeah. the dry suits?
0: Yeah, that was it. Dry suits. I, I not survival suits. Dry suits. I do not own a dry suit. So I can't really comment on that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you use a dry suit, Travis, for winter fishing? I, um, I've
2: i been in uh, probably about 95% of what Sims has made uh, since the 90s. So, uh, I, I've got a lot of experience with the cold weather stuff, and Sims has got me covered. Um, cool, I've been honored enough to be with Sims now for over 20 years, and wow. um,
0: that's true. It, it's, very, very
2: cool. it, it, the only really the only stuff that I ever wear is uh, that Sims stuff, and uh, whether it's uh, you know, 110 degrees or it's you know, 30 and windy, yeah, uh. Sims has got me covered and it's my one-stop shop for clothes. Um, we we do have the uh, a version of a dry suit that just came out um, this past year and I've got one half of that right now because I think it's the only half I need and that's the top of it and I, I really, really like that. Um, actually, I think uh, Guillermo was uh, in that ad for that and uh, uh that dry top that Sims came out with it's pretty pretty awesome. I mean it really is.
0: Yes. Uh, Sims is a pretty uh, fantastic brand.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, audience, I, I, I can't thank them enough. If they're awesome.
1: So what are your what are your guys' thoughts, Steve Carroll? What are your guys' thoughts on fishing a smallmouth reservoir versus, versus the river that feeds it this time of year? Uh, yeah.
2: Be your hmm.
0: That's a good question there. I like that.
2: Where's the reservoir at?
1: I'd have no idea.
2: I'd be curious. Dale Hollow. I I know Dale (laughs) Hollow.
1: I like Dale Hollow. It's fun in Uh, it's fun in December and January. (laughs) That's a gorgeous (laughs) leg. it It is late
2: points. Mm-hmm. That's a gorgeous
1: leg. So smallmouth reservoir versus the river that feeds it i don't know i think you probably getting into some different you know here here like we're talking del hollow i think you could get into some different quality of fish um would be one of the things that i would think of because um, obviously main lake del hollow is very very deep these fish are going to push in there they're going to go deep Uh, they're going to stay around more bait where the creek that feeds it in this particular case uh, is rather shallow as you get far back in up in there so you know these fish are probably going to push to the main lake they're probably going to push to the deeper water and just like travis has been saying they're going to be around that bait i mean if you go to Del hollow in the fall or in the december january um you're looking for the bait a hundred percent of the time um so i don't feel like for me in my situation the river is going to be necessarily deep enough or the creek is going to be necessarily deep enough to harbor what the lake's going to harbor so i think most of the fish are going to push back out that, that way if you're in the creek and you're finding some deeper holes you might be finding some smaller quality fish than you might be on the lake like that's that's how I would assess that based on my area.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. you know that, that 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 is a pretty unique question, and I'm not really not sure how how I would approach that. Like when you you're looking at the you have the main river, and then what feeds it uh, is feeding into that main. Um, you know, depth, you know, uh, water quality, uh, vegetation, uh, is there life? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's kind of, a. I I think that kind of goes back to like, almost like the first question when we were talking about time management and research, um, any body of water has a lot of, you know, may have other, uh, bodies of water that pour into it. Now, uh, if you're able to Google map it and kind of look at this and have an understanding of, okay, well, like, how far does it go back? You know, are you, like, are, you, are there deeper pockets in there? Like, what information can you kind of put together uh, so that when you are uh, going to make that decision, um, I, I would feel like almost the main river uh you know i'm not saying you know you hear about a lot of bigger smallmouth that will hold up in those creeks but is that just the luck of a cast like you know what i mean like is do those fish actually hold there you know or are they coming back up to feed you know i i really think it comes down to, to your water um when it comes down to your water type, you know, like you're, is there life there? Like I, I would have to say, you know, for me, like as a, tur- if I was going to go out and fish tournament, yeah, I, I would, I would probably not me personally, I, I probably would stick to the main, to the main river, you know, like to, in my, for me, just because, yeah, I would have, I would feel I'd have a stronger chance to, uh, find, find fish. So, but that, that is me personally, you know. Like, that's I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would say, Well, I probably had up that way, and you know, so what do you think about that, Travis? Uh,
2: I don't fish lakes, so I'll leave that stuff to you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like a plant. Uh, let's see here. There's um, like, I was scrolling, I, up I, and I like, totally
2: I just... did. And, and... It, you know, in my younger years, I most certainly did. Uh, I, I fished a lot of lakes. And um, quite honestly, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in going where somebody else ain't going to go. And, and I'm exploring. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if it might, it, heck, this most recent uh, tournament on the new. You know, it was a great example of that, you know, that gentleman that uh, that took that tournament on the new, and I'm not a big tournament guy, I don't even fish tournaments, but I might, might have something here at the end of the show on that. Um, that gentleman was going where nobody else wanted to go, you know, and, and uh, he was fishing against a lot of experience on the new because of a, a waterfall. And hats off to them, you know. Go where other people don't want to go. Remain safe, but go where other people either they won't put the effort in or they don't think it'll be worth it. Check it out, you know. Yeah. Try it.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that is true though. Like it's, you know, it it is the really neat part about kayak fishing is, you know, the exploration of water and the ability to, you know, uh, whether you portage or, you know, you're, you found an old dirt road, you can head down or, you know, you decided you and a couple of buddies are going to, you know, do a little bushwalking down the side to some creek that you, you you think are going to be holding fish, but yeah, no, that that's a really exciting point uh, and uh, I think that's also, you know, true that you know when you are considering to buy a boat, you know, that's that is something you 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 should really think about, you know, not just how you're going to transport it, but where you're going to take that boat, you know. Um, so yeah, no, that that is a really good point, you know, and that that's pretty impressive that uh, new river tournament that they had there with the that was that the 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 hobie uh yeah. yes sir yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah i just found yeah. that interesting yeah I, I really did um
0: yeah that had a lot of big names in that tournament
2: and like, i'm all water, about creative i mean uh, uh, there are a lot of areas that we fish that i mean you, you're essentially not getting in the water unless you're it, you know, we utilize the, the winch on our UTV to get in the water. Yeah, I mean, are, wow. I don't, I don't see other anglers. <laughs> so,
1: you know. No, do you? So here, here's a here's a great question for you, being kind of a being an OG River guy and, and seeing you've seen this sport change more than even oh, I've
2: had.
1: Um do you feel like we're at a time where like kind of like the rivers scare a lot of these guys? Like you don't, you don't hear them talking about the river as much as they used to like where kayaks roots is born and bred in the river. Um, but it kind of seems like everybody's like wider, bigger, and moving more towards the lake style fishing.
2: Uh, Hmm. I, I mean I can't speak for everyone whether or not rivers scare them, but uh, there is uh, a definite fall off, I think with uh, traditionally and I'm not talking Susquehanna, you know or St Lawrence. Um, I, I'm talking stuff where you might be going over a you know a, a four foot waterfall. Or you might be portage and over a beaver den or it that kind of weeds weeds some people out sometimes. Uh, um I, I mean I've got my own opinions on you know, as we all do, uh the kayak industry and how far it's come and where maybe we're going. I I, I can't really predict the future, you know, with that. None of us really can, but I I got into this to access water that even a jet boat wasn't going in, and uh, and that's one of the reasons that I love doing what I do is I'm not going to run into other anglers fishing where I fish, you know. And uh, kayaks gave me that you know, many, many years ago with the original KUSA. Uh, and uh, I've been in Jackson since day one. Um, that is just, that's how I roll. and uh, Literally since the first one came out, that's what I was in. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of modern kayakers, quite honestly, uh, that would feel comfortable in an original KUSA if, fish in the way that we did back in the day, you know, Uh, uh, (laughs) we took them through everything you know, and that's, that's how we fish. Uh, We didn't have other options, you know, um, I I think we're in for a a lot of, a lot of change uh, coming in the industry i honestly do um and i'll kind of leave my opinion there but i do think that there's a lot of change coming um
1: oh yeah well just, yeah you know, boats like the KUSA x i think is a big change um it's kind of a it's a it's a hybrid of its own um yeah. it, it's it's different than both coses that came before it it paddles small it's a big boat um yeah it does but it it it's an awesome boat um yeah it is. but it's a different boat from like an og kusa it's it's like extremely different but it does it, it's hard to explain to somebody that's not experienced it or felt it
0: yeah i, I actually fish with a with a guy a good buddy of mine and he has uh one of the, uh, original, uh, Kusa's there. And, um, it's neat when I actually got to go out and use, uh, Jameson's, uh, Kusa axe mm-hmm. uh, in that playa, which I was like, man, <laughs> it was like, I, w- I was blown away. Like for how big the boat was just to how it paddles. Like it's like, I, we were just on a lake right so i wouldn't i didn't really have a chance to you know put it to its full potential and you know on a river system but uh yeah no i was i I was really impressed with how that boat handles and just like the stability in it like i could only imagine how that it well travis you would you could probably comment on that you know um taking it uh, down the river you know like you're saying like you know putting it through the paces really, you know, getting to those spots, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> you know, whether it's a little waterfall or a beaver dam, you know, like that's, uh, yeah. I, 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 I really think, you know, like when it comes to fishing the river, you know, like, uh, the stability, you know, within those boats and, you know, the, I think the X just, it really nailed that. You know what I mean? Like, for being that river boat. Like there, yeah, there are a lot of other brands of kayaks and you know, river boats. And I'm sure they're, you know, just as dandy, but the Cusacs after I uh, had a chance to do that, I was like, wow, like that is a, like, I haven't sat in something like that. Like, to be honest, I, I the the Nar is a fantastic boat. Uh you know, and, and it's it's super cool, but the Cusacks, like man, that thing it sold my heart. Like that's an awesome boat. Like I was blown away by that. And yeah, you know, I don't even I don't even own one. So <laughs> I'm definitely uh when that when that when that boat my next boat I will definitely say will be the Cusac. So I I really I really think that's cool. And you know, I think that boat, like for you, Travis, like, like, honestly, like as a, as a, you know, somebody who's chasing, you know, river smallmouth. So, you know, you're not always necessarily going out with, you know, uh, unlimited amounts of gear, you know what I mean? Like you're, you kind of sticking to your plan when you're out there and the KUSA, it's, it's, it's it just, it has it, you know what I mean? It has that management right there. And like, what do you think, Travis?
2: i uh I, I wish i had that quite honestly uh back in about 20 you know 2010 2009 i wish i, I had the CUSAX. um you know but again that's the evolution of uh you know halls and space and gear management and the track and the, it's just come so far it's incredible um, yeah. you know there there's uh some of us you know, that are still doing this that remember back when, heck gear track was, you know, a foreign thing, That you know, to have out our kayaks gear, gear track was, you know, something you went about, went down to Lowe's or something, or back in those days, Montgomery ward. And, you know, kind of bolted, you know, somewhere to try to carry a couple extra rods. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just phenomenal. You know, how far this, the sports come and, uh, Um, I was in a, a, uh, I was, I'll put it this way. The KUSA X to me um, is the the ultimate solo kayak for what I do. I mean, it really is. Um, We talked about uh, winter fishing. And I am not going winter fishing unless I know I'm coming home. And I've got the utmost confidence in that boat that I'm coming home safe to my wife. Uh, Plain and simple. Uh, I've got a lip in the river right behind our house that once you go over that, you're you're in the middle of nowhere. Literally 15 to 20 miles of river where, I mean, there's no cell reception. I'm not trusting just any boat for that. And that's not a knock on anything else in the industry. Um, for years I paddled a big tuna. Um, and now of course, you know, the take two in the, in the KUSA X cover all that for me. Um, me getting home safe is paramount. And, uh, I take that very, very seriously. Just like my cold weather gear and everything that we discussed earlier. Um, I have no worries in that boat uh in December. That thing's awesome. I mean, it really is. I think I can't say
1: enough too, to- I'm to- just talking about the two new boats, the NAR and the CUSA X. Um it's really hard to get back. I, the other day I got back in like a KUSA FD and just tootled around for a second. And it's like, after being in those two boats, it is very, very hard to come back to the, the wider gunnel walls and the layouts are different. You know, like the rod staging is all different. Like I, I like the in-hole rod staging. I hate rods sticking up behind me. But I just can't stand it.
2: Uh, (laughs) I mean, I carry 10
1: rods with me, but I still have a system to get them all where they need to go. But for me, I think it's just very claustrophobic almost (laughs) to get back in one of the old boats. I love the Liska. I love the way I paddled, but doing a couple longer trips in the Kusa X, it's like, "Ah, I think this is my new boat. I really like it. I really like what it does for me. It does the right things for what I want it to do. And the layout's just so freaking amazing. like that's the big thing. It's just like the layout is so user friendly. it's yeah. it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah um, no and and believe me, you still can haul a lot of gear in that thing. Um,
1: oh yeah dry bags extra rods uh, whatever you want you can stuff in the front of that dude it's cavernous up there in the in the bow um yeah the day hatch i mean it's you can throw stuff back there if you need to but you know like you can put a nice size battery up there then you've got the hatch bin that you can add to it yeah that's cool and the under seat bag obviously still goes with it too so i mean You can re- you can really take that boat and maximize your storage capacity. It's it's incredible, and I like like if you if you have a measuring board in either of these two boats, like the floor is wide. Like you see a lot of guys trying to measure on their lap and measure on the gunnel walls and the different things like that. But like the boat floors, like especially because the Christa X is so wide, that yeah. You can just like man, you drop your board right there, and it's no big
0: deal it's funny you mentioned about the uh the boards there um for years i've paddled uh lisca and the lisca has quite a wide like you can fit a catch board in the bottom of that thing no problem and you know yep. when i got the the bite fd that was one of the the new things that i really learned you know like because if you're going to measure fish you don't want to lose fish that's the big thing right and so it almost became like a new finding a new way to reposition it all, but to see, you know, that, yeah, like the deck space, having that much more deck space is like, uh, just being able to stand up and stretch your legs comfortably without feeling like, you know, you got everything right there with you because, you know, you got those, there are guys out there, they, they take everything, you know, plus the kitchen sink, you know what I mean? Like they, they really, Package and you know it's pretty impressive what you can fit in the kusa x and you know still have enough room to really stand up and like like when you have rods laying down in front of you because you know you're kind of maybe cycling through things and whatnot uh and you know or you're standing up to fish or simply just waiting when you're climbing in and out of that boat uh, you know, it, it is nice to have rods in the back, you know, but you know, when you're river fishing, you know, you don't always want rods hanging straight up because if you're cruising down the bank, uh, waiting, uh, you know, it's easy to leave, you know, things hanging in trees and, or break, break rods, you know, uh, fray your line pretty quick. Um, so being able to lay them you know in the deck but to have that space like the coos x has where you have those gunnels to put it in there um whether you use them or not like that is you know same time like kind of a safety factor too that you're able to climb out of there without necessarily a breaking your rods or tripping over them and spilling yourself into the river and uh yeah so i thought that was pretty pretty interesting part and i really enjoyed that part about uh uh, my my time that i had in the in the CUSACs that day i thought that was cool
2: yeah, yeah i'm a, a absolutely <laughs> adamant about rod storage um over all these years i <laughs> uh fishing how i fish and where i fish uh I, i've seen a lot of you know rods uh whether or not they'll hold up uh pretty quick. Um they they've got to be they they absolutely have to be in line with the bow and inside the gonels for me. And and I carry, you know, heck I, I might carry six seven eight rods. They all fit in there. I mean, it's amazing. I and mean, it's awesome. Really oh,
0: super cool. <laughs> yeah. Especially if
1: you're using rod socks, you can really—that's the—that's my thing. Like I leave the rod socks on there, and really, it lets me keep them from getting all beat up. And number one, and it Dang lets it. me slide a couple more into each tube if I need to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> yeah,
1: nothing worse than like a tangled sometimes, mess. Sometimes on the river, I just like to like over the weekend man it was just four rods i'd put you know a couple of movers and a couple shakers on there and away we went because it's just a game of movers and shakers
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know in the summer um you know most of those months like pole spawn until right about now i mean quite honestly i could fish with about three rods and i'm good to go um, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a difference between fishing for biters on the river, smallmouth thing, or fishing for the biggest ones in the stretch. And it, you know, three rods will do it for about heck four months for me. Um, you know, and again, fishing for those, you know, biggest fishing is heck might be a 10 mile, 15 mile stretch, maybe the whole river, but that's why that's what I pursue is the bigger one. So, um, you know, I mean, that Kusa axle, I've kind of got a spoiler alert, but, um, uh, there I'm a big believer in helping out companies with, you know, that look after us as kayak anglers. And, um, the one thing that I would put out there is, uh, yak might have something coming this winter. Um, that i had a hand in so uh i put that out there because uh they're a little bit different than what's out there
0: yeah um, but i've been hearing a lot about yak rods and pre- that's pretty interesting
2: it, as uh meticulous as i am about my kayaking and my baits and you know my scents and all this stuff I, i'm i'm an absolute rod geek and uh, I, I guarantee we got something common that hadn't
0: been done. It, it's going to be good nice.
1: stuff. Awesome. Well, guys, we are at an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so what I want to do now um, is let you guys kind of close this show out. Um, so I want you to tell the people where to find you on social media and um, thank the, any sponsorship or any companies that are Family members that you need to thank um, for getting you where you are here today. Um, whoever wants to go first? No, no qualms about it.
0: You All got, right, you go. Okay. Uh, well, if you're gonna find me on the socials, uh, it's uh, Instagram is pros 85 I'm um, on Facebook, Adam Fraser Pross. Uh, TikTok also uh, Adam Fraser Pross. Um. Yeah, no, uh, big thank you, obviously, to uh, Jackson Kayaks. Uh, I'm, uh, for opportunities like this, like just to sit down with uh, both Chad and uh, Travis, like Travis, you are a wealth of knowledge, my friend. Uh, and uh, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, to uh, sit down with you and chat. And uh, I'm going to make sure to pick your brain a little bit more uh, from time to time now that I've uh, had the opportunity to talk with you and, uh, but yeah, no, Jackson kayaks is definitely a, a big, uh, big, big part. And, uh, I appreciate them believing in me and let me be a part of the team. And, uh, obviously, uh, my family, uh, everybody out there, uh, you guys are awesome. And, uh, thank you for letting me do all the awesome stuff that I get to do, uh, with kayak fishing and, uh, supporting me. And, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, Travis, um, I'm very into uh, teaching and uh, sharing. I'm not interested in, uh, you know, hiding everything. And, uh, yeah, no, the more we can uh, lead as a positive example uh, in the sport and teaching others and allowing others to, you know, kind of like we were, you know, like yourself, you know, somebody who, you know, started very, very many years ago and, you know, kind of caught that bug of kayak fishing, like, you know, as I, you know, had, just begun, uh, you know, just a few years ago. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really awesome and, uh, it's cool to see that. So yeah, thank you uh, for having me on tonight. And, uh, like I said, thanks again to Chad, uh, awesome host and, uh, Travis, uh, you were, uh, you're a small mouth guru, my friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, I don't think I answered this earlier, but, uh, I am in the, uh, Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia. Um, and that, I don't think I mentioned my day job, but I am a, uh, a warden at a correctional facility. Um, and right off the top of my head, I've got to thank, uh, GSM outdoors. Uh, fantastic sponsor. Um, of mine and like i mentioned yak rods who uh believed in a little uh, west virginia river smallmouth guy in the middle of nowhere and said uh hey let's uh let's pick your brain on some uh some stuff and we got that coming so uh very fortunate for that opportunity uh sims uh procure bait sense um you know, anyone that's read anything of mine, on I mean, in fishermen over the last, you know, since 2014, uh, I'm a big believer in a pro um, uh, For four years, I put an application in to be with Jackson Kayaks. Um, every, every year around January, I would put a new application in to be a part of Jackson Kayaks. Um, the fourth year worked thankfully um i've always been in jackson i always will um and you know I, I'm, I'm more than willing to answer anybody's questions you know about river smallmouth or jackson in particular um I, I just love what I do and I love to teach uh, anybody around the Eastern panhandle West Virginia is more than welcome to uh, drop me a message and I'll get you in a Jackson and we'll go catch some fish. And that's what it's all about.
1: hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Yeah, man. And we appreciate both of you guys time tonight, um, taking time away from your family and, and just taking a little bit of time to be with our audience, be with, uh, be with, me here on the podcast uh always a wealth of knowledge on the jackson kayak doc talk i'm uh, sorry i get it mixed up with the orion i did another one earlier this week um <laughs> business show
0: business <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's just a busy week it all runs together by the time we get to thursday but it was a pleasure drinking a beer with you guys tonight so cheers to you and uh yes. we will see you guys in the comments and in two weeks good night
2: do <tries>